Thanks for listening to the Cannabis Today podcast. On this edition of the podcast, Catherine Sidman is joined by Murphy Murray. Focused exclusively on high-end concentrates, Murphy is an extraction consultant with nearly a decade of experience. For more of the Cannabis Today content most relevant to you, visit canna-today.com and filter content by categories like subject, host, location, and more. And now, without further ado, Catherine Sidman and Murphy Murray live from the show floor of Concentration 2019 in Pala, California. All right, here we are, Cannabis Today podcast. We are at Concentration 2019, and the amazing, amazing Murphy Murray is Thank right here you. in the booth. Thank you. Happy to be here. Murphy, you're here from Colorado. Yes. Why'd you come to the conference? Um, I came to the conference because it's extraction specific, which is usually the only part of other conferences that I care about. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, a lot of conferences are so grow heavy anyway, mm-hmm. um, and I don't grow. So that's a lot of content that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm here uh, for that reason, uh, for sure. Um, and I'm also here uh, to spend some time in California and kind of see what's happening. Um, California tends to set a lot of the trends, and I'm trying to... Uh, help what Colorado are some of the win. things that you see? What are some of the th- trends that you see coming? Um, I mean, the trends that have come like from the West Coast on, um, you know, started with things like, uh, you know, running um, a lot of live resin and like, you know, people um, just growing straight for extraction was definitely more of a West Coast thing, uh, probably because there's just straight up more material here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so it took a long time for that to come to Colorado. We were just running trim for so long. And now that's finally, you know, been a big shift where people are not just growing um, exclusively for extraction, but growing exclusively to go to fresh frozen, um, growing cultivars that are just um, suited for extraction, which are not always the prettiest ones on the shelf. You mm-hmm, know, those like larfy mm-hmm. buds with a lot of surface area are mm-hmm. amazing for extraction. Mm-hmm. you'll never sell an ounce of them in a dispensary because it's right. ugly. Right, <laughs> <So>. right, <laughs> right. And, well, because it's a different product. And I mean, right. don't you see that as the as the market is growing, yep. we're differentiating. We have so much more access to material. We can be so much more right. picky and yeah. specific. And my motto always is like specialize. And that's one thing that the industry hasn't ever done. We've just tried to take like this one big giant cannabis ball mm-hmm. and throw it to everybody. Mm-hmm. And like everybody gets a piece of it. Everyone gets a tiny piece of the pie. And instead it's like, let's just have different balls. Right. For different games. Yeah. You know, like, let's not all try to do the same thing all the time with right. the same initial product. And so, you know, if you want to grow cannabis that's going to sell on the shelf, grow cultivars that are good for that. Grow uh, in a method that's good for that. And I, I feel the same way about extraction. Like, you know, cater your extraction processes to the type of inputs that you're going to be getting. If you're always going to be processing fresh frozen, you want different equipment. If you're always going to be processing, you know, in bulk and needing to go from crude to refinement, then, you know, change your processes and equipment based on that. How um, long have you been extracting? Um, about 10 years now. Right. Almost. Like since you were 12? Yeah. I, I got into the industry at 21 in okay. 2009. And um, so I had no assets, which uh-huh. means I, it was not risky at all. I yeah. could just get started and right. have a dispensary. Right. Right. <laughs> and, so, and so there you were. And um, <laughs> that's all right. It's all right. You got fan. We got fans yeah. coming up. Say hello. <laughs> we're here on the showroom floor. It's a dynamic environment. Um, I want to know. Um, I want to know what you're doing now because your Instagram feed has changed. It has, it has gone from um, always fun and colorful to always fun and clear like water. And I want to know yep. what you're doing and why and how. Um, so uh, one thing that's changed for me in my personal life is that at the beginning of this year, I took on a more permanent role with a lab in Colorado. I've been just floating around as a consultant for a long time, enjoying my freedom. Uh, but now I've got a wonderful baby boy that is keeping me home a lot. And hashtag so, hash baby. Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> and so I'm staying in Colorado more, um, which means I, I just need to be extracting Colorado more. A lot of my consulting doesn't happen in state. It's a pretty mature market. Um, and so I've got a more permanent role in a lab there. And what we're doing is um, focusing exclusively on high-end concentrates. And so we're not processing any low quality. We're not um, trying to make any products that already exist on the market. We are trying to not fill in a niche, but create one for mm-hmm, ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so um, there was a couple of things that we addressed from that. Um, one is crystallization from, uh, you know, kind of the consumer perspective uh, and really um, paying attention to all the different textures that people have available because live resin has been around for a couple of years and a lot of the mystique has worn off. People are getting diamonds from that old material now. Um, you know, you can find live res- uh, you know, live resin and sauce that doesn't taste good, you know, mm-hmm. where it used to be something that people only made from high quality material and now that has spread mm-hmm. um, which is a trend that happens every time with extraction right. that um, race to the bottom yeah well and it's easier to learn a new process with high quality material so when people try something new they're only usually successful the first few times if they have high quality inputs and then the more practice you get you can turn it out with anything and so you know like the transition is always that new products tend to be really high quality and then as more people can follow that new process the new product becomes lower quality. Well, and let's talk about let's talk about the clear, right? And that I'm not I'm not um, using the trademark term. I'm just talking right. about clear. Yeah. But I mean that was the rage like right. two years ago, and now it's hot dog water. We're, we're right, and so and yeah. so that's where we're going. So tell me what you're doing because you have changed Same your thing. extraction methodology. Yeah. Your, I've your changed my extractor. So tell me, tell yeah. me, tell me. So I'm using just fresh frozen material, again, mm-hmm. starting on that high input. Um, and we're using column uh, chromatography with the use of adsorbents. So silica, clay, um, you know, there's bleaching clays. Some people are using alumina. Some people are using activated carbon. Um, it, you know, just kind of depends on uh, the diversity of what you're putting into it. Mm-hmm. Um, with fresh frozen material, we have uh, you know a little bit purer compounds to begin with because there's less degradation. So I can use a lot simpler combination of adsorbents in my column. Mm-hmm. And what I'm able to do is through column chromatography, everything kind of starts to separate in that media. And so what starts as a solution of all my solvent and all of the oil off of the plant, including all the water solubles, anything that that plant was fed that maybe remained into harvest, which is a huge issue with fresh frozen. Um, all of that uh, gets hung up in that filter and separates evenly. And so what will happen is the terpenes and the lightest uh, constituents actually tend to elute first. And then all of the cannabinoids come behind that. And so not only am I leaving behind waxes and lipids, the things we've always been trying to avoid, um, but I'm leaving behind water solubles. And so that's going to include all of our pigments. That's also going to include, you know, things that are going to contribute to that uh, oxidation over time. And so when we eliminate those, we have a product that contains all that cannabinoid content that your original live resin does, all that terpene content that your original live resin does, but none of those other factors that would continue to break down over time. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, when people say it's the same as live resin, it is, except that it's going to last longer because it's yeah. a little bit cleaner. So right. if we so shelf, so you're talking about shelf. I'm life talking now. about shelf life, and I'm also talking about um, just the uh, the stability of the compounds in them. Um, and stability is a, not the right word because a lot of these are not stable compounds. You know, mm-hmm. THC is in a constant state of degradation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of the uh, you know complexity of the cannabis plant is that it's in a constant state of change, and so mm-hmm. these terpenes being really volatile 
I can preserve them all I want, but if you leave it in a hot car over an afternoon, you've changed everything right, about right. the, uh, you know, right. that profile. <laughs> right. People know that, that with wine, but they don't know that with their cannabis, right? And they don't know it in practice, right. Mm-hmm. And so when we can remove some of the things that trigger uh, that oxidation process faster, we can hopefully um, allow those terpenes to uh, break down a little bit more slowly, mm-hmm. um, remove some of the catalysts that might mm-hmm. um, encourage that, not to mention anything water-soluble that we know we don't like. So like chlorophyll, um, you know, is one of the obvious pigments everyone wants to remove. Um, but along with that, chlorophyll is all of that, like, grassy flavor. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. you know, terpenes get a lot of credit for being the flavor in cannabis, but that's just because they're the good flavor in cannabis. They're not the only flavors. Right, right. And so in removing some of those, um, we do remove some of that, like, green, grassy kind of spiciness that some live resin can have. Um, a lot of that is residue from uh, water solubles when it was being grown, things like nutrient salts that come mm-hmm. through really easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of that makes it through the filter. So we're mm-hmm. just able to make the same product better more consistently Mm -hmm. um, which also gives you kind of a a blanket for um, comparing it because now I'm not going to look at two different live resins and say well this one is bright yellow and this one is dark uh, ambered orange so the bright yellow one must be better Yellow doesn't mean anything no, to me. No, no, yellow is not, not a representation of, right. of, of, you know, purity. Yellow is not a number. It's not a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my yellow versus your yellow, your yellow might be totally practically sunset, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like, it's just not a good way for people to judge it. And so it um, leads to more misinformation for the consumer, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people who run a lot of fresh frozen prefer for people to harvest their plants early because they get a lighter color through the extraction. Boo! Boo to that. I want you to grow your plant to full maturity. I want the most of that profile. I want the largest possible yield. And if the issue with gaining that largest possible yield is a little bit of dark color that can oxidize over time, problem solved. I'll get rid of that color. If all I want is everything that's in there and not the color, I'm going to extract everything that's in there, put it through a filtration process that's just going to remove the color. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love it. As we get ready to wrap up because I've got to talk to moderate and you've got people who keep walking by waving at you. <laughs> I mean, I kind of wish they were waving at me, but they're waving <laughs> at the adorable young blonde next to me. I was sure. Um, I want to talk about um, hashtag hash baby. Yes. Because that is a, like as a mom, mm-hmm. risky move. It is. You know what I'm yep. saying? And, and not that that's right and not that that's just, right. but integrating our families into our lives in the cannabis space mm-hmm. um, I mean, is still a problem. It is. And so I was in the cannabis space for, uh, you know, eight years before I got pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, And during that time, I had a lot of friends who were mothers. um, And, you know, a lot of a lot of the men in the industry are fathers, but they don't represent that part of their life because the cannabis, uh, you know, world before the industry Pretty was Jeff Spicoli. It yeah, yeah, but but also um you know for safety reasons you kept your family separate. Right. And so the man might be, you know, like the famous man in town, everyone knows his name, but no one knows his wife and kids and it's not um to downplay their importance, it's to keep them to safe from that like yes. original black market kind of community, right? And so there's some of that kind of transfers to the industry where you have a lot of men who are the front face and then, you know, the the fact that they're a father isn't mm-hmm. something that they talk about because mm-hmm. that's something that, you know, right. Yeah. It isn't a part of their different. their human character whereas a mother right. you're not you you describe yourself as a mother, you stop describing yourself as a woman. Right. It's a different category all yeah. of a sudden yeah. where men still get to be men. Yeah. And so, um, you know, since I was really open about all of the other aspects of my life while being a member of the industry before that, getting pregnant, um, I, I didn't see a reason to change. And it was met with a lot of resistance. I was open about my cannabis and CBD use while I was pregnant. 
Um, and that came with a lot of backlash as well. But, uh, you know, I... <laughs> I believe in information. I believe in um, the value of sharing, you know, that data and experience, especially with cannabis, because we don't have nearly enough data. And so even if people disagree, uh, I, I think it's better for there to be a conversation, even if the result of that conversation is that they don't like what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, the result of it has been, you know, this amazing, beautiful baby boy who's so healthy and is growing up in an environment where both his parents work in the cannabis and extraction industry and his life is going to be inundated with that and so um, I you know I would love for that to be normal for him and part of that means that I've got to make it normal for me so if I have to hide the fact that I work with cannabis from him or the fact that I'm a mother from cannabis that's not normal that's a big secret um, and that's contributing to a stigma that other people told me I should have mm -hmm. and I don't agree with those people I don't want to be ashamed of any part of my life I love dogs I love weed I love cheese like I want to be who I am <laughs> um, you heard it here first uh, dogs weed and cheese yeah but I just I want to commend you for that because um, you know, I feel like in my little world, I, you know, I teach Sunday school with this mouth. Right. And so I feel the same way that I'm in my own little tiny space. Mm -hmm. I'm breaking down some barriers for cannabis of misconceptions people might have had. And obviously, uh, and, and, and also breaking down misconceptions even that my kids might have had right. about cannabis because they're getting indoctrinated in school and, and sure. what have you. And so just, I, you know, I say to people a lot, I'm not smart enough to maintain like too many channels. I have one channel. It's right. the Catherine channel. It's yeah. the same at church. This is who I am. It's the same at home. It's the same here at the concentration yep. show. It's the same on Instagram as it is wherever. I mean, because this is all I got. And I right. just have one channel and, and that's it. And you're tuned yes. in live yep. to the Catherine channel. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you have that um, integrity and you're, you're a model to me. Thank as you. a person who's been a mom for almost as long as you've been alive, you're a model to me of just um, not caring as much about what other people say. And sure. I love that about you. Yeah. And um, have a lot of admiration for the work you do and the quality and the heart that you put into it. Really quick, I want you to promote your Good Life Gang event. Yes, so Rocky Mountain Regional Meetup is June 22nd. That's okay. a Saturday. Free event for all Good Life Gang members. It's always free for the meetups. Our affiliates, the Good Life Gang affiliates, who not only provide discounts for all Good Life Gang members, are the ones who sponsor these events and um, yeah. help cover the cost. So this yeah. is going to be fully catered. We've got amazing barbecue that's going to be going on. Um, our sponsors are bringing out equipment, so there will be equipment demonstrations on site. There will be so much stainless steel. Um, there'll be hydrocarbon extractors, distillation equipment, ethanol extraction equipment on site. So we're just going to nerd out with uh, that I stuff. We're going to have roundtable discussions with all of our affiliates. So that doesn't mean uh, somebody on a stage talking at you. That means that we sit down together and we talk about our questions. How yeah. many liters per hour is it for real? Like, yes. let's discuss yes. it. And people are going to hold you to it. I've been at those roundtable discussions. Yes. And if you want to see vendors back on their heels, right. it makes me super glad that I don't lie with my face. Yes. Because they're going to call me on it. You know, mm -hmm. I might be wrong, but I never lied to you. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I want people to know how to find you, Murphy. Uh, so Murphy Murray on Instagram, Murphy Murray on Facebook, Murphy Murray on Twitter, Murphy Murray on Future 4200, <laughs> pretty much Murphy Murray everywhere Murphy you can Murray find me. Murphy Murray on the Cannabis Today <laughs> podcast. Um, thank you so much for being here. Like, just nothing but love for you, girl. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. To learn more about Murphy Murray, follow her on Instagram at Murphy Murray. That's M-U-R-P-H-Y-M-U-R-R-I. As always, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. Thanks again for listening to the Cannabis Today podcast.